Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. In today's modern world, we are constantly bombarded by information. We are constantly bombarded by media. We are constantly bombarded with things that pull us away from any kind of truth. We have distractions everywhere we turn. People have created worlds that you can dive into that are virtual. And you can live your life in virtual worlds that have nothing to do with you and nothing to do with reality. They have to do with the creation of someone's mind and your willingness to give up your life to live in this virtual world. There's uh, an epidemic among young people with video games and the amount of time they spend with them to the point where their life becomes these video games. How do we turn back to understanding who we are? And how do we realize that all of these distractions that we pay so much attention to pull us away from the task of getting to know who we are? If we are constantly involved in trying to figure out the nature of these distractions, we don't have any time left to figure out who we are. We become lost in the irrelevant. Um, I remember one time someone asked my teacher, can you tell us about Atlantis? And his response was, you don't know who you are, and you ask about Atlantis. What difference does Atlantis make to you? Uh, find out who you are, and then the truth will come to you. In reality, the only truth is in knowing who we are. The only truth is in entering the realm of reality to know what our existence is, and through that, know our Rob, our Lord, and the truth of Him. But we are caught up in all of the distractions of existence. We're caught up in what's going to happen next year, and what's going to happen in two years, and what's going to happen in 200 years. We aren't present in the now. We aren't at this moment. And if we are not at this moment, then we are incapable of entering reality. Because reality doesn't exist in the future. <laughs> it exists now. Reality doesn't exist in the past. It exists now. And it is within that now that the truth is available to us. There was once a man who had finally gotten to the point 
where he had gotten engaged to his beloved. And they met for their engagement. And he pulled out a long letter he had written. And in that letter, he was complaining about all the torture that he had gone through when he was away from her and how that torture still exists with him and how he's upwrought over the nature of his relationship with her. And she looks at him and she says, what kind of lover are you? You read me a letter about your torture at my engagement? What is, what's wrong with you? And he says, well, things aren't the way I expected them to be. And he says, what do you mean they aren't the way you expected them to be? What are you in love with? Your expectations or me? What is it that you're, 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 you're searching for that you're going after? Your expectations or me? Are, are you trying to stabilize your emotions or is your love for me? It seems that the gold is not the aim of what you want. You want the container to be right also. And you have to look for the gold. You have to look for the truth. You have to look for the reality. And if you get what you want, then be satisfied with it. Give up all of the past longing and disappointments. And give up all the anxiety that you have as to these things, all of them keep you from touching the truth. All of your anxieties are veils. All of your difficulties are veils. All of your problems are veils. And as long as you concentrate on your anxieties and your difficulties and your problems, your life is a life of dealing with anxieties, difficulties, and problems. It's not a life of finding out who you are, and it's not a life of truth, because you're not aimed for the truth. A man constantly repeated the name Allah. Until his lips blistered, he repeated the name Allah. Allah, Allah, Allah. Allah. And Satan came to him and says, Tell me, with all of your uh, repetition of the name of Allah, with all of your pleading to Allah, has he ever answered you? Have you ever seen him? And the man became distraught, because in his mind he had never gotten an answer. He had never seen his Lord. And he began to cry. And that night crying, he went to bed. And while he was in bed, he had a dream. The Khizr Nabi, the Eternal Prophet, came to him and said, uh, Satan came to you and disturbed your mind, didn't he? And he said, yes. He said, do you realize that when you are in that state, when you can repeat Allah, it is a grace that's been given to you. That that's being in that state alone is the response from Allah that I am here. 
He shows you I am here because you are able to go towards him. Understand that. And that is the imprint of the truth upon you. That is God's acknowledgement that he is with you. He allows you to be real with him and sincere towards him. And in that sincerity, there is the constant answer, I am here, I am here. We have imaginations. And in these imaginations, we think things should be a certain way. And if our expectations of the way things are are not fulfilled, we feel that there is something wrong. Reality is beyond our imagination. And we have to understand that. Satisfaction is beyond imagination. And we have to understand that. Gratitude is beyond imagination. And we have to understand that. We can't imagine the scenario between ourselves and somebody else. We have to be that scenario. Imagination, again, is a veil that separates us. The mind is constantly creating veils that separate us. What we need to do is to break through all of those imaginations, all of those hallucinations about the way things are and the way things should be and what is and what will be, and come into the moment. When we are not at peace in the moment, we are not real. We have become absolutely illusory. And then we deal with illusory situations on a constant basis. It's like talking to a deaf person who responds to your statements in an entirely other way than what happened. And then they become angry at you for the things that you said to them. And then you have to defend the things that you didn't say. This is the game that we play with ourselves. We create hallucinations, and then we have to react to those hallucinations. The man who was sitting with his fiancée and lamenting about all the problems he had, had nothing to do with her. It had to do with him. She had given herself to him, but he had not been able to accept it. (laughs) He was stuck in the imaginations of his anxiety and of his difficulty. We should know that we can be our own worst enemy. We can be the one that stops our progress. For the sake of what? For the sake of trying to somehow come at ease with our imagination. Somehow come at peace with our anxieties. Somehow 
come at peace with that which we project as the truth. We have to learn to stop projecting. We have to learn that our thought process is not the truth. The mind is not the truth. To accept this premise is a very difficult thing to do because we've lived with our mind since we were children and we've been following the dictates of our mind since we were children. A hammer is a tool that's good for certain things. But if you use the hammer in everything that you did, you'd be having trouble. Try and fix that television with a hammer. Try and fix your computer with a hammer. It can't be done. You're going to end up with a broken television and a broken computer. Well, try to find the truth with your mind. It can't be done. All you're going to do is make the situation worse. To a hammer, everything looks like a nail. To the mind, nothing looks like God. So when God puts himself in front of you, you can't see him because the tool that you're using to see him is incapable of seeing him. We have to change the tool that we use. And the mind isn't that tool. The heart is that tool. Why the heart? Because the heart doesn't go through the machinations that your mind goes through. The heart doesn't create all these scenarios about what is and what isn't, what could be and what couldn't be, and what might be and what I want it to be. The heart just reaches out and loves. And the heart is capable of seeing the truth. The mind is not capable of seeing the truth. But the good news is we all have a heart. So we're all capable of seeing the truth. But to be able to see it, you've got to stop from being interfered with by all the noise in your head. The other point is that the noise isn't going to stop. So we have to learn to function with the noise and not pay attention to it. We have to learn to function with the noise as if it wasn't there. We have to learn to function with the noise but not be attached to the noise. Crazy people, when their mind says jump off a bridge, jump off a bridge. Sane people, when the mind says jump off a bridge, say that's just noise. I'm not going to do that. Well, it becomes much more subtle than that. But we need to understand that. The mind is a tool to function in the world and provide for us, to take care of our needs. The mind is not a methodology 
of finding God. So if we want to see the truth, we have to begin by letting go of the mind-desire complex that each of us has. The mind creates an idea, desire takes over, wants what that mind creates, and then we spend days, months, years chasing those ideas as if they had relevance to us. We've all been through this, and we've all seen the relevance of things dissipate and then finally disappear even though we were emotionally attached to it for years and years and years, and now all of a sudden, it has no meaning. It has no merit. And we've finally discovered that. And in that discovery, do we say, my God, I've wasted so many years chasing this dream, and it was nothing more than a hallucination. The problem is, a new hallucination is created. And we begin to chase that one. So, what we need to do is focus our energy on what's important and understand what's not important. We have to be able to focus on that which is real and erase Everything that isn't real. And what is real? Only God is real. Everything else is not real. But for those who want to swallow the world, God doesn't have a place in it. And if he does, his place is only to further our attempt to swallow the world. We ask him for help. Oh God, I want to swallow the world, help me. We need to be without needs. We need to be without wants. We need to be with only one desire. And that's the desire to know our Creator. That desire is capable of being fulfilled. All other desires just create other desires. All other desires are a road towards more and more and more needs. We're in the business of giving up needs, not creating needs. If you, you ask people, or if people ask, how can you find peace in the world? And you tell them. There's an interesting phenomenon that happens. Just because you're capable of asking a question doesn't mean you're capable of understanding the answer. Just because you ask the question doesn't even mean you want to know the answer. And that's the problem. And I've seen it so many times. I've seen people ask questions, and when they get an answer, they say, well, you didn't understand the question. And that's because when people come with questions, they also come with their own answer. And they're looking for you to be a sounding board as to their answer. 
And if you're not a sounding board, then there's something wrong with you. You heard the question wrong. You misinterpreted the question. You didn't quite understand the intonation of the way they asked the question. But you're the one who doesn't understand. It's not them. So we should know that our abilities are limited. And when we understand that, we should then figure out a methodology to help our limited abilities. And what is that methodology? Find out from someone who knows what the truth is and accept it. It's a really hard thing to do. Most people are incapable of being told the truth, listening, and accepting it. They have to go through the difficulty themselves, or they can't hear what's being said, or they don't understand the subtle inferences. I've run into people who were truthful about their inability to be truthful. I've run into people who knew that they couldn't go on this path. They've said to me things like, it's too hard. Or, more honestly, I don't want to give up my desires. I find satisfaction in them. And what you're telling me is, where I have found satisfaction is not real, and I should change my entire way of thinking and seeing and being. And I say yes. And they say no. (laughs) And that's what it's like. People don't want to change. Especially if they've found a certain torpor, dream-like acceptance of their state. When people are very, very, very dissatisfied, you might have a chance of reaching them. If people have a lot of insight into themselves and you finally turn the key, they might have a chance of understanding. But for the most part, people are caught in their sameness. And Satan is very happy with that state. He's very happy to keep people in their robotic state where they just see, do, react. See, do, react. See, do, react. And the constant life is reacting to stimuli. Not much different than amoeba. But because it's a more complex reaction, we think it's way advanced beyond an amoeba. You poke an amoeba, an amoeba moves. You poke a man, he strikes back, he moves, he begins to uh, formulate a uh, revenge. He does something. But in essence, it's amoeba-like reactions. We need to move away from being a robot. We need to move away from the world of action and reaction. We have to be centered in our belief system towards God, and we have to be able to remove all of that from us which reacts.
We have to be able to remove all of that from us, which is attached to the world. What is it, think, think, think about the word attached. What's it mean? It means stuck to. It means caught to. It means, if you're attached, that if that thing that's attached moves, what happens to you? You move also. It pulls you. Like you're attached to a hook on a fishing pole. When that pole, when that fishing rod reels in the hook, you come with the hook. And in this life, we're attached to so many things. We've been hooked by so many things that what happens to that thing begins to affect us in a very, very profound way, even though it may have absolutely no impact on our existence. This life is a span of time. And in that span of time, we have to accomplish certain things. And that's why we've been put here, to accomplish those things. And what are those things? Is it to get degrees? Is it to get letters after your name? Is it to build bridges? Is it to live in a mansion? Is it to get wealth? Is it to have fame? Is it to have power? Is it to be able to control others? What's the purpose? Our purpose is to get to know our Lord. And everything that is outside of that purpose, we have to detach from. Everything that takes us in another direction, we have to detach from. Now, we still live in this world. So, we need to learn to maneuver through this world and do the things that we do in this world to feed our family, to take care of our homes, uh, to supply shelter for ourselves and our family. And at the same time, not be attached to the things that we do. When I first started practicing law, the cases stayed with me all day long. When I came home, I would talk to my wife about them. I would dream about them. I would think about them. After about three, four, five years, when I left the office... Everything in the office stayed in the office. And I was able to drop it. Whatever it is we do in the world, we have to be able to do it. But we also have to not be it, not let it become the most important thing in our life. Not let it become that which occupies most of our thought. That which occupies most of our thinking that which occupies most of our interest, that which occupies most of our intention. We have to make our intention towards Allah. 
We have to make our intention towards God. And we have to begin to do things in our life that create a closeness between ourselves and God. Now, most of this involves remembrance of who and what he is. La ilaha illallah, I do not exist, only God exists, is a profound acknowledgement of the relationship between our Lord and ourselves. It's a profound acknowledgement of what we are doing in the world and the truth of that. I do not exist means that I have no attachments to any of these things. I'm ephemeral. I float through these things. I don't sit with any one of them because they are all temporary. My reality is the true reality that only God exists. And it's only in that mindset that we can have true faith in God. Because if we exist, then our belief system in God is not real. There's more to this existence than God. There's us and our needs and what we want and what we do. And all of these things become important. So we take time for each of them. What we need to do is understand the reality of existence. And when we say, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, in each one of those statements, with the outgoing breath, all of our attachments should disappear. All of our attachment should come through us and go out of us, to the point where we have no attachments. Each one of those attachments is a veil that separates us from the truth. And as long as we have any, we can't see or know the truth. So we have to have an intention set to release ourselves from attachments. We've been doing this for a lot of years now. We have to get down to the reality of it. And the reality of it is that only God exists. And the reality of it is that anything else that we think is our own imagination. We create an illusory reality. We become at one with illusion. And our purpose is to escape from illusion. Each one of your attachments is illusion. Only from escaping from these attachments can we know the truth. It's a difficult thing to do because our senses, in a very real way, have a great impact on our version of the truth. There's a story of a a great saint who never chewed his food. He would cut it up 
into small pieces and just swallow it. So he didn't get attached to taste because it was another hallucination that he was involved in. And he was trying to cut out all of these senses. We need to not believe our eyes and not believe our ears. We need to believe only the truth. And we need to believe in the unseen. We need to believe in what's beyond the senses. And when we can do that, we can release ourselves from the torture of the anxiety of not being able to fulfill our imaginations. We need to love the gold, not the box that the gold comes in. And this whole world is a box that shows us the truth of its creator. But we need to fall in love with the creator. We need to fall in love with that truth and surrender ourselves to that. In that surrender, we'll find the true fulfillment of man. May it be so for each of us. Amen.